Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live, the podcast that explores the digital revolution and the extraordinary impact it's having on the business world and then rippling through to billions of people around the world every day. We're delighted to have with us one of our digital all-stars, in fact, our longest running digital all-star, Wayne Saden, who has been a CIO, a CTO, and a CDO, and currently advises CEOs and boards of directors on their business and digital strategy, which more and more is inseparable. Wayne, welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. It's always a pleasure to have you. And it's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for getting all those acronyms right, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I figure there's, when you get to a point, Wayne, when there's enough acronyms, just say anything and it'll be an acronym. Uh, you know, I, I think our audiences are fairly forgiving of us and they they know, uh, at least in my case, we've got a seasoned citizen. He might not be getting everything right, but that's okay. I'll try Wayne, to get no, most today, of it. Bob, I've got the I've got lots of experience and I remember most of it is the way I describe my own age. <laughs> yeah, and the parts that we don't want to remember, there's the ones to forget, right? That, that's pretty easy. Wayne, uh we got, you know, some interesting things going on. This is a, a very, very busy month of October. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a big outside event with Oracle, but also we're doing something on our own internally. You're centrally involved in that because you've got such a fantastic position from which to understand not only what's happening on the technology side, but more importantly, how business leaders are applying these wild new modern cloud technologies to do things they were never able to do before and to turn technology from a cost center into uh, really an engine of growth and innovation. So what's on your mind today, Wayne? You know, when you and John brought me the topic, we're going to do a digital modernization, um, a data modernization, digital battleground. I was thinking, what, what are we talking about here? Why is anybody going to care? And then I started looking into it and I realized that there's so much that we need to say about this because what I've learned in the last year about modern database vendors and technologies translates, as you say, into business value. And so I want to talk about it from the perspective of the CEO, the board, and the rest of the C-suite, and why a modern data strategy really changes their ability to compete. So the reason you want to modernize your data is because we're in an ever faster acceleration economy. Mm -hmm. Who the heck named this company, Bob? Um, it, it's absolutely right. We're in a, a, an economy that is changing. And for those that weren't physics majors, acceleration is the rate of change of velocity. Mm -hmm. It's not the velocity, it's the rate it's changing. And that's what's going on now. We are going through an ever faster set of cycles. And I said uh, two years ago, it's not the next normal it's the it's not the new normal. It's the next normal followed by the next normal followed by the next normal, yeah. and we're yeah. seeing that now. So it's kind of let's let's give the example supply chain. You know, um, supply chain is a hot button for everybody. We've talked about it many times over the last year. Six months ago, it was oh my god, the containers are packed backed up offshore. We can't unload them fast enough. A month ago, when we talked, it was now the bottleneck has moved to interior terminals. And the containers yeah. are gotten off the ships, and now we can't get them off the trains and onto the trucks. Well, this week, the stories are we're running container ships back to Asia empty, with empty containers. There's not enough uh, transatlantic, transpacific freight to keep the ships busy. The economy is decelerating at a very rapid rate. And so that means that 
you, the business leader, have got to be able to process data faster. You know, a concept we talked about, Bob, was the OODA loop, observe, orient, decide, and act. And whoever has the fastest OODA loop wins the race. It's how quickly you can pivot. There was a story in the Wall Street Journal that I'm going to dig into that said Macy's does not have the supply chain problems of their competitors. And according to the journal, it's because they acted faster on data showing credit card transactions were declining. So think about this. If you're a CEO, a CFO, a CMO, a COO, if you've got better data faster, you can make better decisions and avoid very expensive mistakes. Well, Wayne, it's exactly the point there. I think right? data is at the heart of this thing where, you know, for any business, you go out and try to find customers who are willing to give you money. In this case, like what you described at Mace's example, you have people, they are there, they're trying to give a company money. And if your company isn't set up to do business on the terms that the customers want to do business, they're going to go somewhere else. So it's not some sort of wonky thing that only you know, one half of 1% of people would care about. I think, you know, to your point early on, this is something that affects everybody. And ultimately, Wayne, I think data monetization even reaches out and touches employees inside an organization. You want to feel like your company's going somewhere. It's doing things. It's more and more relevant, more capable, and therefore it's giving you more of a future here. You can make an impact. But if you don't, if you're stuck in the past, trying to make it through with a 1990s uh, data model and data culture, you're going to get crushed in 2022 and 2023. That's right. And that's what I think business executives don't maybe get. They're, they're locked into this systems of record 1990s mentality. We're going to keep score. So when I look at data modernization and I talk to a C-suite member or board member about it, here's what I think it means. It means collect more data and collect it earlier in the process. The geeky term is shift it left. Uh -huh. You know, we, we don't want to be writing it on paper and then transcribing it, key punching it later. And by the way, that's data that human beings collect. Go fill out the form, click the thing in the app. It's also OT, machine data. Yeah. What do you know about your supply chain? What do you know about your manufacturing? What do you know about your supplier's supply chains? So collect more and earlier, number one. Two is clean and validate your data. If you're a CEO, you're a CFO, you may not, a CFO to an extent, knows the data, especially data in bulk and data with high velocity, tends to be fairly dirty data. It's wrong, it's missing, it's duplicated. And so the quicker you want to get to the data, the more you have to be doing data cleansing and, and kind of data validation early in the process. So you're not consuming using garbage data and fixing it later. You got to store your data. Number three is store the data securely, but accessibly. You know, security and accessibility are kind of opposite, right? The most secure data is data nobody can get to. Totally secure. The most accessible data is data that you don't lock anybody out of. So you got to find the balance culturally. The next thing you've got to do is make the data widely available adhering to your security or zero trust parameters. Bob, you said something about the employees, and it's absolutely true. If they can't get to the data they need to do their jobs and consume it in a quality way, how can they do a better job? Yeah. How will they even know what the score is? 
Um, I have a client that's a healthcare client and they, everything they do is in Excel spreadsheets and everything they do is reports that employees write. And they're always behind and they're always wrong and the systems are always changing and the employees struggle to keep up. And that's not the modern data model we want to have. When and the last thing- I, I just, I had to laugh for a second. You just said they're always wrong. And at a point, uh, right? I mean, that goes from being sort of- um, quirky and like well but then they hustle to overcome that and make up for mistake but we're entering a, a much more unforgiving uh business environment right that that stuff it, it won't be just like oh look at how cute they are and how hard they work to overcome their crappy systems it's going to be they go off the cliff they're absolutely right and you know the problem with a lot of c-suite executives is they don't get out of the corner office, mahogany row, call it what you want. Go down to the loading dock, go down to the truck, go down to the manufacturer, go down to customer service and see what people in your call center, for example, are dealing with to understand how do you build an omni-channel contact center when the technology is from the 1990s and you're literally gluing it together with Excel spreadsheets and six monitors on people's desks. That is not a modern data strategy. And to your point, it's going to cripple you compared to people who are moving forward. And, and so the last thing there is provide those employees with powerful analytics capabilities, whether you call them citizen developers, end users, your pro developers, your business executives. They need to have accessible BI tools. They need to have tools that are easy to learn, but also powerful enough to grow when you need it. And these are things I noticed I didn't do any geeky discussion. This is not about how you buy it and who you buy it from and how you glue it together. This is a business imperative and it's cultural besides technological. Uh, I'll tell you what I mean by cultural. I work with a project-based company. They build people to do stuff. They build projects for them. Labor was like a third of their cost of goods sold. And from the time Billy swung a hammer on a project until the time it went through the processes and came back as an hours number, what's their labor, was two weeks. So you're a project manager with a thousand people on a project, and you don't know what they did until two weeks later. Did they all work 12 extra hours? Did you have the wrong skill? Are you paying the wrong rate? So your project numbers are always going to be wrong because your data is not current enough. Yeah. Now, culture, their problem was not mostly technology. It was culture. They were going for perfect data rather than fast data. Mm -hmm. And if you, they, we, we gave them ultimately a fast estimate followed by perfect data later. So the project manager could say, wait a minute, there's eight extra people on this project. Go home, go to the yeah. other project. And then you could figure out if the cost burden was 31 and a half percent or 31 and three quarters percent. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're an executive, think about how the data is used to make decisions at the point of contact, at the project, with the customer, on the truck, in the factory. And, and that's where a modern data strategy can get very geeky sounding to the IT people, but it's about the business decision making. And business leaders have got to realize what they grew up with, systems of record, are not anything like the systems of insight they need in the acceleration economy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wayne, great example there. And I think, uh, as you said, you don't have to, not you, uh, this discussion doesn't have to get, you know, into the deep technology weeds. This is important, of course, that underlying technology, but the bigger thing is 
What are we going to do? Uh, why are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? What's the right way to go there? So Wayne, that's, uh, and we've got something coming up uh, on October 27th, right? That addresses this. That's right. You and I will be on there along with um, Tony and uh, a couple of other people. Yeah, We'll be talking about that. And then a number of vendors will be talking. And this is really an opportunity for the business leaders to understand the whys and the technical leaders to understand more about the hows. Yeah, and that's the uh, Data Modernization Digital Battleground. It'll be on October 27th and registration is free at accelerationeconomy.com. So Wayne, from our uh, your discussion, your overview, and very good analysis of data modernization and why it's important now. And then our own event uh, in the data modernization digital battleground, there is a big company that uh, has something coming up in a couple of weeks, and they are uh, pretty familiar with the whole world of data, and you're pretty familiar with them, Wayne. So what's going on there at, uh, at with Oracle? Well, I'm really excited to be going to Oracle Cloud World as distinct from Cloud Wars. Um, I've been an Oracle customer over 25 years, going back, even things like Siebel, People's, PeopleSoft, Hyperion, Treasury Services. So when I've been in financial services, used Oracle. I've been in logistics and used Oracle. I've been in the utilities industry and used Oracle. Mm -hmm. And I've been going to Oracle Open World a number of times in the good old days, and even spoke at one of them in, in 2011. I spoke when I was in the utilities industry. Um, I loved going to the Oracle Open World Conference. 60,000 geeks geeking out at Moscone Center. But I'm going to tell you, San Francisco was a tough city to have a conference that big in. The utilities were in one hotel. Financial services was another hotel. And every one of these hotels seemed to be uphill from Moscone Center. I think Moscone Center is located in a pit. And man, I walked my shoes off trying to get from one event to the other. And, and one year I went, I, my hotel was at the airport. I was literally staying at the airport and coming into the conference because there was just nowhere to put us all. Yeah. So I'm personally excited about the fact that they've moved it to Las Vegas. Now, as a, com a Comdex and Consumer Electronics Show veteran, <laughs> I kind of know what those are going to be like. So really, open world, or sorry, cloud world, even if it's very successful, will not be the biggest show that Vegas can handle. Yeah. The yeah. ES and, and Comdex were, were are far bigger, I think. You know. Yeah, Wayne, it's interesting. You know, uh, I don't want to get off the point here, but you have Oracle moving its headquarters from the Bay Area to Texas. You've got the name changing to CloudWorld. You've got um, the loc the venue for the event moving from San Francisco, where it was a fixture, to Las Vegas. So lots of different things going on, and I I'm not sure that. Um, everybody sort of gets who Oracle is today relative to just two or three years ago. And that's probably true across a lot of the big cloud vendors. I try to speak and write fairly often about, you know, these companies as big as they are and as entrenched as they are in certain things, they are all changing incredibly fast and evolving because their customers are requiring that. So it seems like Cloud Road is going to give people a pretty good window into the new soul and heart of Oracle, right? I think so. And I think you're absolutely right. You look at the traditional companies, the SAPs, the Oracles, the IBMs, and they they had a kind of a both a benefit and a curse of being the legacy player. Yeah. They had this enormous on-prem investment. 
They had this enormous business model investment. And then all these cloud native companies came along from nothing, starting with the model of give me your credit card and we'll end run the IT department. <laughs> and they've emerged to become the major players in the cloud industry, which has become the major part of the IT world. And so a lot of these companies, I think, probably said, ah, this is a passing fad. This too shall pass. It's not going to really affect their business. In 2011, I was one of the executives at the executive forum within wow. Cloud World, and somebody asked Larry Ellison about cloud. And I'll never forget his answer. You do know that the cloud is really somebody else's computer. Mm -hmm. And that was the way they looked at it 11 years ago. And the amount of change that's come into Oracle over the last few years has been truly awesome. And I want to give kudos to Oracle and SAP and uh, maybe IBM as well. They've really started to transform those companies. And it's, it's kind of the flywheel effect. It takes a lot to move the flywheel called Oracle. But once you get it moving, momentum is on your side. And yeah. I think we're seeing that just looking at the sessions this year. Yeah. Now, Bob, I analyzed the session of 1,200 sessions, and almost 400 of them are Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. Huh. I was wow. a little shocked. This is a database wow. company. I thought database would be at the top. There was 322 database, anything I could find with the word database in it, and then 383 with OCI or Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. <laughs> so the number one topic I could find analyzing the sessions was the cloud. And number two was database. And by the way, number three was customer, which I uh -huh. found very interesting. Uh -huh. So if you want to take that as a transformation of a database company, it's cloud, database, and customer. Well, Wayne, if I could just you know add one point on to your, your uh, very good analysis there of the evolution and uh, transformation of this company. You know, the database thing has always been, you know, uppermost in the mind of the founder and chairman, Larry Ellison. So uh, I think it was about two, two and a half years ago, he stopped talking about the cloud uh, category of uh, platform. And so Oracle just doesn't mention it. They have infrastructure and they have apps. And he put databases inside infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So for Larry Ellison to say that, database is now a player in a bigger category, this thing of OCI. I think, again, to underscore your point about this is a wildly different company today. And this show, as you've described it, with the uh, allocation of the resources and the events or the, the types of categories they want to really highlight, it, it reveals a lot about where Oracle thinks its customers are headed. You know, when I first heard about Oracle, they were doing the work with System R, the IBM relational model. They were really taking IBM's research and turning it into a commercial product. That's when I first ran into Oracle is who is this company and what is this relational thing? Mm -hmm. So think about Larry Ellison as being a visionary in technology of databases. But I think Oracle stopped being a database company a long time ago. They're a data company, which is very different than a database company. Yeah. And that's where the app strategy comes from. That's where our, that ties into our data modernization approach. Oracle has been around about modernizing the way customers collect, consume, store information, data. And the tool may be called a database, but the tool is also called a CRM and an ERP, and now it's called a cloud infrastructure. And so this is a company that has pivoted maybe more times than any big tech company and redefined themselves. And they're doing it again with cloud on one hand, 
And with industry cloud healthcare, with the Cerner acquisition, on the other hand, at the same time. So again, I've got lots of, of admiration for the leadership of this company that they are able to make these pivots at such a massive scale yeah. and apparently, and so far, deliver results in every one of those pivots. Yeah. Yeah. So Wayne, uh, it sounded like you did a pretty deep analysis of the program there at uh, Oracle Cloud World. Did you come up with uh, maybe a few different sessions that you particularly are interested in? Yeah. Well, for me, of course, there's the keynotes. And, and Bob, mm -hmm. to, to your point about the keynotes, Safra Katz is going to do driving impactful business results, which is the overall, I'm sure, Oracle. Let me tell you about Oracle. There's somebody's got to do that. But Larry Ellison is doing solving the most complex business problems across industries, uh -huh. industry cloud. Let's think about that for a minute. And then the other two keynotes are the OCI EVP, talking about what's new and next for OCI. And then the EVP of the apps is going to be doing what's new and next for Fusion apps. Mm -hmm. So we got apps, we got OCI. We've got the industry that I think is what Larry will be talking about, and then the state of the business. Yeah. So the, the conference divides up just the way you described Oracle's organization today. And so got to see those. And then for me, I want to find out more about multi-cloud. You know, we talked about um, prior meeting, prior sessions that Microsoft and Oracle are going to partner. I called it the melded cloud. It's not just multi-cloud, connect here, connect there, shift the data. It's a business relationship and a technology integration that melds those two clouds. I'm going to put my tech hat on and dig under the covers and go to some of those sessions where they tell us how to make the stuff work. Because I think it's important to see if it's architecture, you know, we're going to say yeah. we do it or they're going to really do it. And I might, I don't know one way or the other, but I'm going to find out. Ask me again in a month. Okay. Uh, I want to go to the industry cloud meetings. Um, obviously, when I looked at my, here's my list, um, financial services and banks were 117 sessions, manufacturing are 120 sessions. So I wanted, healthcare was um, 76. By the way, Cerner was only mentioned once. I presume that's a separate conference this year and will be merged probably next year. So I want to understand industry clouds more detail because I think that's a huge uh, impact that the cloud vendors can make on their customers. Um, for data modernization, I've become fascinated with the concept of a lake house. To put this in perspective for the business executive, the business executive says to the CIO, I want to get that data right now and I want it up to the minute and I want to analyze it. And the CIO, me, has to say, well, sorry, when we're doing transaction processing, that's in here. And then we have to move it to the data warehouse over there. And we do the query from hell. We screw up the whole ERP system. And the CEO goes, what did you just say? <laughs> And with a lake house, the vendors are saying to us as techies, you don't have to say that anymore. We can do your analytics and we can do your transactions and we can do them without stepping on each other. So again, I want to dig into the technology. Tell me how this is possible in 2022 when it was impossible in 2019, 2018, 2017, yeah. 2016. Yeah. And then I want to hear about healthcare. I mean, I think the Oracle acquisition of Cerner is one of the most significant acquisitions done in the technology space ever. Healthcare has got to be fixed. Healthcare is broken in many ways. A lot of it has to do with the insularity of the industry. 
I want to be the best hospital at debt collection. I want to be the best hospital at logistics. No, I want to be the best logistics company, the best debt company, the best credit granting company. And I think Oracle having all of this industry experience is going to put that into the Cerner-ish ecosystem and deliver a package that hospital you know, providers and payers and all the other uh, supply chain people are going to be able to leverage and get tremendous value out of it. So I won't hear all the Cerner stuff, but I want to hear what's happening directionally. Um, so that's, to me, the key things, the keynotes, industry, healthcare, multi-cloud, and lake house. And I'll tell you this, is a tip for somebody that's gone to a lot of these conferences. Those are more sessions than I'm going to be able to go to. <laughs> so everybody prepare your agenda and then heart like all of the sessions you might go to if the speaker doesn't show up for the first one or the room's too full. So there's a couple of those tips that I'm sure you know. You've been to many of these industry conferences. Um, wear good shoes, bring liquids, you know, hydrate well. It's Vegas, bring water. Alcohol's easy, water's harder. <laughs> and be ready to engage. I'm going to certainly spend all of my time engaging with the people speaking, with the audience, with other members of the acceleration economy who are going to be there. And I think it's going to be a hell of a four day, I think four days, right? Yep. 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 17, 18, 19, 20th. So I hope people come and say hi to us, Bob. I do too, Wayne. And I, I'll just share a real quick um, open, uh, formula, open world story. When I worked at Oracle, remember the year 2014, that <clears throat> uh, open world was playing in San Francisco at the same time the America's Cup was being held there. And Larry Ellison had his two keynotes. He did the first one, but the second one, he said, hey, we got to race that day. I'm, I'm not going to do it. And uh, he was also speaking at, you talked about the executive forum, and he wasn't going to be at that. And uh, they needed a fill-in speaker for Larry Ellison. Talk about, you know, a tough act to follow. Well, they found somebody dumb enough, me, to go in and do that. And uh, it was, it was, I would say, Wayne, eye-opening and humbling. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it, we're very, very excited about this year, you know, the things we're doing with the data modernization, digital battleground, uh, your great overview of Oracle Cloud World that's coming up in Las Vegas uh, starting October 17th. It should be fun. And for customers, I think this is just going to be a glimpse into an extraordinary future and one that, uh, you know, just has so much promise for everybody. So, Wayne, thanks for all your insights and thoughts on this. As always, you've tied together some uh, intriguing ideas in a way that I think both business people and technology leaders and the, the 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 intersection of that group can understand and act on decisively. So thanks for that, Wayne. Always happy to help. And you ask great questions and set up great discussions. And again, I think after our two next events, the battleground and the cloud world, we're going to have a lot more to talk about, Bob. That sounds good, Wayne. We'll look forward to that. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here on Cloud Wars Live in our next discussion with Wayne. No doubt he's going to follow up on that promise and give some great insights uh, from both of those events. Hope things are going great for you, and we'll see you next time.